What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the TT Podcast. It's episode number 13. Uh, we're recording this on a Wednesday instead of a Tuesday, um, so it might be a little bit later than normal. Um, today, I am joined by Prince. Hey there. And Ace. Hi again. How have you guys been? I'm doing very well. Um, just uh, enjoying my week as usual. Well, good thanks. How's the weather? Because we've been having uh, very uh, London-style weather, very overcast and gloomy, cool, windy, dreary. Oh, dear. Depre- well, depressing. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly we're getting to the time of year when the days do get noticeably shorter. Uh, in terms of coldness, yeah, I uh, I went out uh, to the supermarket in a t-shirt and uh, sort of regretted that. <laughs> um, mm. But yeah, I mean, we're, we're not at winter yet, but it's coming. How about you, Ace? Yeah, yeah, same. Um, it's, I, I mean, I'm half Scottish, so I kind of like the cooler weather anyway. I don't tend to like the uh, hot summers, so I'm looking forward to uh, the winter weather. Uh, not too too much, though, because ice and snow tends to cause everything to uh, come to a grinding halt in the UK. That's true, yes. <laughs> Anyways, so we're not here to talk about weather. We're t- here to talk about other stuff. Uh, first thing, a uh, little bit of housekeeping. Um, figure it makes sense to put this in housekeeping uh if you are interested in participating in a community interview or you want to nominate somebody send me a pm i think the the new one uh for this week was quite popular wasn't it yeah it was uh olvin fenrir um he was pretty awesome um he is kind of a man of few words uh, some of <laughs> his responses are literally just like four or five words and and that's not just like the lightning round that's like just some of his responses but the guy's got a, a what like 7500 trophies or something he's he's 98% completion rate mm. um he uh he's got a I lot I think you caught him on a bad day there with the 98 <laughs> Yeah I know right Um <laughs> uh, maybe maybe he hadn't finished uh something he was in the middle of it mm. Um but yeah if you want to be part of those interviews people really love reading them so but we need participants for that so um but after that let's jump into the news um, it turns out that there is indeed an Assassin's Creed coming this year. <laughs> yeah, right. They, they said they wouldn't. <laughs> can't trust. Can't trust any of the developers nowadays, can you? Yeah, I mean, so they've kind of. It's kind of a technicality. It's it's mm-hmm. a re-release of the Ezio trilogy. Um, H H more HDified, I guess. Because <laughs> technically, yeah. it was the HD generation, but. Um, so it's remastered into a collection or whatever. Um, They've said improved graphics, very non-specific improved graphics. Yeah, um, that's great and everything, but I, I don't know if I ever had a problem with the graphics in those games, anyways. Mm, but you can mm. bet that the um, the earlier ones. I mean, the, the first Assassin's Creed was so early; it was even before trophies. So yes. that was probably well. It's definitely seven twenty, and it was probably like 72030 or something like that. Um, that so there's lots of scope for improvement. Included, right? It's Sorry? just the Ezio. I think it's just the Ezio collection, isn't oh, it? Oh yes, of course. I, I'm so thinking too far actually, back. But Assassin's Creed 2 came out fairly soon after, didn't it? Uh no, actually it didn't. You would think that because it's been annualized for so long, but mm-hmm. the only one that wasn't part of that annualization was the original. Um the second one came out like 2 or 3 years later. Oh, I see. Um it's probably so, because most people discovered the series around that time. Yeah, I mean I the first one. 
Yeah, the first one I feel like was kind of like a Mirror's Edge type thing where they had an interesting concept and they did pretty well getting it out the door, but it wasn't quite there yet for like the mass consumer. Um, and I think, you know, obviously Ezio kind of nailed it. Assassin's Creed 2 was a big hit. So, mm-hmm. um, so, so thoughts, that is... thoughts on the three games in the Ezio collection? You want to go, Ace? Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, it is, it's a shame that there, there isn't the first one because I'm part of that group that was keen for that to get a trophy update at some point. That's Just, true. And also that story is again featured in Revelations. And, yeah. and it probably would benefit the most. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is a shame. But um, good news that uh, the collection... Uh, is uh, is only the single player story campaign and not the multiplayer, so that's uh, that's a bonus for all of the people who uh, suffered through the multiplayer achievements, of which there's probably still sessions going on for someone yeah. somewhere. <laughs> I'm a little I'm a little torn on that one. Like the the trophy hunter in me is super excited. I just downloaded the um the Bioshock collection, and it's like yes, there's no multiplayer trophies in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, the Assassin's Creed multiplayer was actually a lot of fun. So, <laughs> Have you played so, the Bioshock collection? Are you going to talk about that at the end or not? Oh, no, no, no. I just downloaded it today. Oh, okay. I, I am on vacation for a week, so I, I figured, you know what? Vacation. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to play through all of them. <laughs> Maybe get all the trophies. Yeah. Good um, stuff. Yeah. So, but, you know, the Ezio trilogy should be pretty on awesome. Um Two is obviously a highlight for the series. Mm-hmm. And then some people like Brotherhood, not Revelations. Some were in reverse. It depends on the person, but I enjoyed all of them. So can't I like too much. For different reasons. I mean, yeah. uh, Brotherhood, uh, it has to be remembered for stepping up the series um, to Rome. I mean, what? where would the series be today if they hadn't gone big and gone to Rome? We would never yeah. have gone to... Uh, London, we would never have gone to um, the American Civil War and so on. Um, That was the leap for the series, I think. Um, And then Revelations was them trying to make a real um, sort of, trying to make their story look back and be cohesive. Um, Say, hey, that Altair guy, you know, we never really finished this story. Let's do that. Um, Yep. And then finishing it. Yeah, and then it was uh, one more story after that before they just gave up on that whole concept altogether. Mm, yeah, <laughs> and then they Speaking just started of, throwing bits in the wind. Speaking yeah. of not finishing yet, I've still got these ones on PlayStation to finish because uh, I concentrate on trying to get all the multiplayer trophies and all the games, and I've moved on to other ones. I've done mm-hmm. a little bit of Brotherhood, but yeah, I still need to finish um, the stories on PlayStation 3. But it's good to know that they'll be waiting for me to revisit again, should I so desire, if it's, uh, if it's that good. We um, do, do we have release details on that one? Is it purely PSN digital download, or are they going to do, like, collect? I'm sure they'll put it in the box. I think it's me. Yeah, I have to imagine they'll put that in the box. It's coming out um, November 15th and 17th, uh, okay. North America and Europe. I have to say uh, I'm with Ace on the... Uh, single-player, multiplayer situation for a remaster. Because I suppose, uh, like, sort of accepting the past, those multiplayers had their time, and this isn't the place to complain about them. But um, I do like, and we can look again at the uh, 
Uncharted collection when they strip the multiplayer. I do like when they strip really grindy multiplayers in particular. And you just focus on the, the narrative, on the story and what made the game so great. Because nobody, it's not like a Call of Duty where someone says the competitive multiplayer and that was so good. Um, they're focused on what made the game so good. And I, I once commented the same thing when talking about the Batman remaster. And uh, someone so strongly disagreed with me. He was quite um, adamant in, in a less than polite way. But uh, nonetheless, it, it goes to show that some people do feel very strongly that the multiplayer is the best part of the game. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I guess I'm I'm on that side, but I realize that there are multiple sides about this. Some people might feel differently about the Assassin's Creed collection not having multiplayer. Yeah, well, I think if you take the evolution of the multiplayer, they they started off with a very simple idea. They've kind of, I think they've maybe overcomplicated it in in four, and like you say, it's gotten even more grindy. Um, they do point to Black Flag for your multiplayer fix for this one. In the the previous recent, more recent ones, they've centered more on the sort of cooperative side of things. I would be keen for them to. Uh, look at um, look at the uh, cooperative aspect and build on that in the next one. Perhaps um, like a four player team uh, cooperative in the in the story and see what they can they can accomplish with that to have a, a sort of a, a plan that you have to arrange with the, with the other guys and say who's going to be at what spots. You know, you you could be in like a little hideout on the map yes. planning all of this and work, working it out, discussing it. While uh, one of you has to stand guard at the door, for example, for for any patrols coming by, and if you've then got to pack up and move to another safe place and continue your plan, and then once you're happy with the plan and to enact it, you, you then have to each of you has to make your way there to to your points of 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 uh, of, of attack, mm-hmm. and then coordinate at the same time to attack and strike and, and do your bits. Perhaps one has to take out um, a guard so that he doesn't get in the way of the other. Who has to then get in and you know sort of take out? Um, I mean, it depends. If it's modern day, then they could look to one of you's got to disable the alarm system, or one of them's got yeah. to do that. You know, see see what you can do with that, and that would be different. It'd be new. It'd be an evolution, and it'd be quite exciting. Um, well, it's basically yeah. uh, Ghost Recon or Rainbow Six, but that's the kind of thing we'd love to see in more open world games. Assassin's Creed, what Ghost Recon with hidden blades would just be perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you could get some interesting like difficulty in there too as well. Like um, you just, you know, make the guards a little bit smarter and, you know, they're walking down the hall and, and, you know, one of the other guards is missing for them to just go, huh, that's strange. And be on alert, you know, Mm -hmm. and start looking around to see what's going on. But you you have multiple. multiple, I was thinking that when you were saying that as well. Yeah. And so you just, that way you have to coordinate. Yeah. So this guy is curious and maybe one of your buddies can take him out before he gets too freaked out or whatever, you know? Yeah. Something there you go, Ubisoft. Take Assassin's Creed, Metal Gear Solid, and, uh, Ghost oh, Recon and Ghost Far Cry. Recon. Far Cry. Just mix them all together <laughs> in a pot and see what you get. <laughs> well, they <laughs> own Far Cry out of that list, so I guess they've got that. Oh, no, they also own Rainbow Six, and Hang on. They own all of those except Metal, Metal Gear, don't they? Pretty much. Oh. So hire hire Kojima. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even mention Watchdogs to so get tech in there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, possibilities. Well, speaking of future things, 
Yeah, right. Uh, Mass Effect Andromeda wants your voice. Um, if you are interested, you can actually audition to do a couple of small parts in uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. Mm-hmm. Uh, the deadline is uh, September 28th. So you've got a little bit of time left to go and do that um, if you are interested. Mm-hmm. Either of you interested? Oh, that could be interesting, yeah. To be a tough mercenary, or <laughs> the other one I think is a documentary uh, maker, a documentarian. <laughs> That'd probably just be some sort of vendor somewhere. <laughs> Nothing very exciting. I, uh, and this is my favorite shop on the Citadel. Yeah, exactly what I think. <laughs> I don't even dare to joke about playing for the role of Shepard. Yeah. <laughs> It would be great, obviously, yeah. and I think that's kind of cool that they're opening up for uh, for one of the minor roles to have uh, like a guest voice, a feature voice in it. That's cool. Yeah, and you know they've done stuff like that in the past. Mm. Get uh, users involved and whatnot. That's pretty cool. Mm. Um, so Kingdom Hearts two point eight has been delayed. I don't know that there's much to this, but it's uh, been delayed until next year, uh, January twelfth and twenty eighth. Okay. Well, if nothing else, it means less weight between that and Kingdom Hearts 3 whenever that comes out. Yeah, it's funny because I feel like, you know, they actually released these incremental um, versions and it feels like they did it in a fairly decent manner, staggered pretty well for it to like, you know, you could have Kingdom Hearts coming out the end of next year and it would totally make sense. Mm -hmm. But I feel like there's no way it's coming out next year. So, yeah. Um, so Aragami and Super Meat Boy are getting a, uh, these signature editions. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a publisher in the UK that's, uh, working with, uh, indie, indie developers on these. And for the most part, they're like, um, collector's editions and you'll get all sorts of fun stuff in with the game. Um, but they also give you, uh, you know, the signatures of the dev team that worked on the game, which is pretty neat. Yeah, I think this is actually, I think this is a really cool story, actually. Um, So you've got this, I'm sure a lot of the audience has heard of limited run games. Uh, They Mm. did uh, packaged box versions of a lot of indie games. Um, Mm -hmm. And obviously in the name, the the number of physical copies are limited. But the, the point is that they take digital games, especially indie digital games, and they release them in physical form. Uh, and this is what we're seeing again here for Aragami. And, uh, well, obviously Super Meat Boy is a, a, a really old digital game. Um, so aside from my excitement about Aragami, um, I think this is sort of potentially the advent of another name in the limited run games uh, sort of field. Yeah. Um it's pretty neat for people that are interested in keeping um keeping physical copies or mm. if you like that sort of thing um especially for indie games which so often are strictly digital mm. and the difference i mean the sort of the the point that makes it interesting rather than just being uh, a thing is that they're yeah. quite interesting physical copies you've got the soundtrack cd thrown in there some nice artwork and you've got a, a tiny little art book as well which is uh it's not like a premium collector's edition by any means, but it's it's still a nice treat for a standard physical edition as opposed to just getting the game 
playing on its own in digital format. Yeah, it's something I'd definitely spring for. Um for the right game. Yeah, now I was tempted. Really, yeah, neither of these really catch my interest, but um you know. Well if a moment for, needed something. A moment for Aragami, I thought it might be one that potentially could interest you. Have you seen much about it? Oh yeah, the the game itself I'm interested, but I I have no like connection uh, yes. to it, you know? Yeah. Um I am definitely interested in checking out that game. It does True. look interesting. It um kind of reminds me of the old Tenchu games, but exactly a little bit of magic mixed in. Mm. It looks it looks interesting. I watched the old. We had uh, an article a while back from uh, I think it was from E3 where we had a, a huge amount of VR interviews. Mm-hmm. No, not VR. Um, just general interviews around that time, and mm-hmm. Aragami was among them. And I found that video quite interesting. I recommend it. Uh, for anyone listening that's got a, a vague interest in the game, um, because I mean, the it wasn't just talking; they had gameplay playing in the background, and that's what made it uh, more interesting. Yeah, um, and we've actually got a new uh, trailer up for Aragami too, so mm. um, you can check the site for that too. Uh, we have a limited edition Final Fantasy fifteen PS4 Slim coming. Have mm. you guys seen it? Uh. Ace, you want to go? Oh, I'm looking at it now, actually. Um, I mean, uh, I've not really kept up with the Final Fantasy series. I played, like, um, I think, seven back on the old PlayStation, but... Uh, so you've uh, not played a Final Fantasy game in 20 years? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Who is this uh, guy? Who let him on? Showing my age now. Yeah, um, to be honest with you, it's it's that kind of turn-based strategy that, um, well, not even that. It's the it's the random battles. I think that just drove me away from it. I just couldn't stand oh, okay. that kind of. Play, well, both uh, of those things play. have been removed. So. Oh, have they? Oh, yeah. I'm probably better check it out then. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, once again, Sony promising. I mean, I don't know. Just my own personal opinion here, but I I was. Exp- Probably expecting a bit more from the first sort of um, special edition console for the Slim. Um, mm. It's yeah. pretty basic, isn't it? I mean, if you look at you know um, what uh, Microsoft did with the Xbox um, Xbox S to um, attract buyers to that, which you know if you've got an Xbox One, granted it's a, a lot less uh, giant. 1980s VCR dimensions and weight, mm, yeah. but ultimately, if you've got one, unless you're desperate to play um, 4K DVDs in it, can't imagine everyone's going to be jumping out um, to get one immediately. But then, right. I'm sure many people, once they saw the special edition for the Gears of War 4 Xbox S, yeah, with, I knew you'd bring that one. <laughs> with yeah. uh, you know, with the, the custom etching of claw marks and the, and the special uh, sounds and things, I mean that. Someone really put some effort into that as a special yeah. edition console rather than just what essentially looks like a sticker on the top of it, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that's impressive. This isn't really impressive, even you know, it's black with a like a, a world, it's like a moon, moon or something, you know, it looks like a moon. And on the controller, you can see, you know, the number. Um, yeah, that, <laughs> it's pretty fancy, isn't it? Just in the in the little I'm, corner, I'm blown away. <laughs> yeah, it's very understated, very artistic. Yeah, um, 
like, I like a lot of things at the moment with Sony. So the response is sort of oh, big whoop. <laughs> yeah, I like the Try gold uh, fifteen in the middle, but I feel like the black and gold theme is so nice that it should have had a bit more. Yeah. Or even yeah. if the the fifteen on the controller was a little hint of gold, that would have been nice too. Yeah, yeah, I think that would have made more sense on the controller. You're right. It, mm-hmm. The the gold fifteen, and I don't know. Yeah, that it looks fine. I guess I don't. I don't know anything about the game to be like. Well, you know what they really should have put on there. I have no idea what. They should have put on <laughs> well, they well. have so much good artwork for that game, and even the cover art has got it's true all the main characters in like a fancy pose and. Um, yeah with the with the whole you were talking about the like claw marks and whatever mm-hmm. they should have just made this look kind of like their car and just had like little figurines oh, sticking out of the top that would have been awesome <laughs> oh, oh wow <laughs> right no now you've now you've made it even worse <laughs> i mean and and you know what that that would be difficult to do i know it would cost extra and whatever and i'd be fine with that though like mm. that would be something that'd be really freaking cool to put on a console well, that's the point really isn't it yeah, yeah, that's the whole point. Yeah, they could have made a, they could have had this one as the sort of standard one, and then they could have had a really flashy one like that. But yeah. then again, yeah. if they have something so flashy, it's more of a PR stunt than an actual profit. Yeah, like you, you've got to make you, it, the whole purpose of those is to make you really want to go out and get that, like the, you know, like the Gears of War Four one. That, I mean, that's making a lot of people who are like, ah, oh, you know, I can I can wait for the Scorpio, or I can, mm. you know, or I've got an Xbox, it's fine, you know. But you look at that and you go, ooh, you know. I mean, uh, also also like the Halo one. I mean, that was really yeah, that nice was good. As well. Custom sounds uh, and everything. Exactly. Yeah. I mean. Um, I'm struggling to kind of go back and think of like a, uh, ever a PlayStation version console that was special that ever really maybe mm-hmm. went, oh yeah really want that you know that's a good point yeah I think uh, the, the custom sounds is an Xbox thing yeah very much so or, uh, or the, the design as well mm-hmm. I mean uh, yeah. yeah it's so, never uh, really guess... been their forte has it <laughs> yeah they need to step it up you know go on go for it Sony do, do something wild you know, barring, you know, so for almost three years, they a little more than three years, they pretty much nailed their marketing for a while, but they still don't do a whole lot of marketing. Like, they do their meetings and stuff really well, but, like, they, they don't really do commercials except for Uncharted, you know? Um, yeah. They, they don't really seem to put a whole lot into their marketing unless it's some kind of big press event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just an well, I suppose, ironically, uh, well, perhaps I shouldn't say ironically, but um, counter to that, if you look at No Man's Sky and how much blame it's been getting for being overhyped, uh, yeah. they perhaps made the right call and, <laughs> on yeah. holding that. Uh, speaking of, um, Shuhei had a few words to say on that. Oh, yes. um, yeah, <laughs> so... Well, that was the next topic. I, I sort of I, I'm, I'm admiring it. that I was trying not to ruin the segue. See, I was going to go real smooth into that, but you were just like, well, that was a segue in case you didn't catch it. Oh, it's a way to go. Oh, yeah. totally well, at least I didn't totally say ruined. segue. Oh, anyway, no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, I did it. I made it worse. You know, I, I don't oh, even know oh, who oh, necessarily. Yeah. Oh, it was, a, it was a blog post, if I remember correctly. Um, and Shu was talking about um, basically the, that. Uh, Sean Murray didn't have like any PR people helping him. And so that's pretty much why 
No Man's Sky was a PR disaster. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, actually, I had um, that. Uh, well, I had. I suppose it's like a tertiary source, but I heard someone say that in one of the interviews he had been stopped from accidentally saying something. I think it was about the hardware. He accidentally said something, or almost accidentally said something. So, I think he had a PR person on hand to sort of stop him at the extreme, but not to guide him. Uh, by well, the sounds yep. of it. I mean, that could have been at a Sony event or mm. something. Um, and so, at, at which case, you know, there probably would have been a Sony per, uh, PR person there to make sure he didn't say anything about mm. Sony. You know, um, make promises about you know VR or something. Um, but uh, yeah, it sounds like, I mean, it kind of sounds like that was the plan all along. Cause if I remember correctly, um, Sean Murray was pretty clear that, you know, all he wanted to do was get up on stage and talk about his game and he didn't want any money or anything. So this sounds like another part of that. He didn't want a PR person. And, uh, uh if I remember correctly, I, I think that's since changed. I think one of the first things they did once they got that giant pile of cash <laughs> was, uh, hire like a PR company. Yeah. Good on them. Um, yeah, you should never should have, I mean, making offhand comments or saying stupid things on Twitter, it's a little bit harder for Sony to interfere, but he should never have been able to uh, go and give interviews without someone to guide him. Yeah. I think he gets, I, people compare him to Peter Molyneux and oh boy, I don't think that's, I don't, I don't think that's quite fair in terms of like Peter Molyneux has kind of done that a lot where mm. he'll promise stuff and well he's more professional but he's he must have known with money i mean but. yeah um but at the same time it does feel like that like mm. it doesn't feel like a malicious person it feels like the kind of person who wanted to do all of these things and got carried away with his excitement and then kind of had to deal with the consequences and just a bit of uh uh industry uh uh, explanation for people who don't know Peter Molyneux by name. He's the gentleman who's behind all the uh, over expectations for the Fable series and how much they were going to be so so dynamic, but in the end they turned out to be rather systematic. Yeah, if you don't keep up with Xbox, he was on Fable. Um, he he was the creator of Populous way back in the day, which was mm. a pretty awesome game. But uh, I don't. Let's not even mention the Cube. <laughs> yeah, and then he had the Cube, and then he had. Um, goddess which Uh, was a a game that really never did well or did half the things that was promised and so mm -hmm. and then uh, and then they did that terrible uh, was it rock paper shotgun basically tore him a new one in an interview in a rather unprofessional way but oh dear yeah uh, it's a kind of a nasty uh interview to read (laughs) well speaking of nasty comments so well, speaking of so No Man's Sky, my my no my position on this one is um, yeah. I saw uh, when it was sort of an announced or previewed, mm. and I thought, oh, that sounds interesting, and there's a lot of promise there, you know. And then um, I kind of forgot about it, and it, and it released out, and then hear people talking about it, No Man's Sky, and all that lot. But then when you ask about it and you get the details back sort of yeah you know it's alright it's yeah you can go to any planets and that lot but actually there's not a lot on them there's not a lot in the way of buildings and things and 
it sounds it's it's you know I got the impression oh that sounds a bit dull and so I, I waited on it and I can see where some of these people are coming from they said well you promised there'd be multiplayer and you promised there'd be this and that and it's one thing to say yeah you've got a massive expansive universe with loads of planets but then if they're all the same or they're all slight variations of each other and they're rather devoid of much to do on them then it, what's the point in having you know people would rather have a more dense smaller uh, gaming area than a wide expanse of next to nothing you know I mean um, similarly I was a little bit disappointed with um, Metal Gear um, Solid you know I mean a huge expansive area but a lot of it is just empty terrain and, and small campsites I thought wow I was expecting you know not more. I mean some of them are good so some of the locations are but uh, yeah, I, I I would rather I'd rather have smaller areas that were more more dense, really. But I mean, going back to Assassin's Creed, they seem to manage to do rather well through most of it. You, you never really mm. very much better aware in of later it. ones. Yeah, yeah. If you remember uh, Assassin's Creed Two, that was particularly sparse. You would have to ride your horse out for quite a long way and then find a flag and whatnot. That's true. Well, yeah. that was that was the original, wasn't it? Uh, Two was. Much more dense. It was in. Um, was it? Uh, I thought Florence? both were guilty on that, but maybe I'm remembering wrong. No, but you'd you'd ride. Oh, you're right. A city, you... wouldn't you? It wouldn't be like a small camp or something. They'd always be rather yeah. sizable when you got to them. <laughs> mm. No, no, you're right. There was like countryside outside of Florence and whatever, because you had like your villa and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and the famous, it's it's me, Mario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I think that one's pretty much been beat into the ground. Um, Have you guys heard about, uh, since you were talking about nasty comments, uh, (laughs) Kojima's comments on Metal Gear Survive? Uh, That was always bound to come, wasn't it? (laughs) Somebody was going to ask him at some point. Yeah, I'm surprised it took him that long. Yeah, really. I had to wait for him to come out on the, on, a, on a stage to to ask him. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so apparently, uh, somebody asked Kojima what he thought of uh, Metal Gear Survive, and and after he picked he himself up off the floor afterwards. Yeah, right. <laughs> what have you done? Yeah, he he didn't really say a whole lot. He uh, basically he was just like, um, you know, Metal Gear Solid is about um, like political topics and whatever um what do zombies bring to that and then he said if i was making it there would be a mech (laughs) (laughs) which both both statements are very uh very true of of the series so i think uh there there are multiple translations and i haven't looked at the um the original wording in detail but Mm -hmm. i think um i suppose between the different translations it seems that it's not it's not hugely insulting wording um he seems to be thoroughly unimpressed and um perhaps somewhat uh stunned or confused but yeah i think well i suppose thoroughly unimpressed seems to be the best way to sum up well, he's wanting to distance himself from it, make it clear that it's, it's nothing to do with him because mm. someone did say, you know, what was this one of your ideas before you left? And absolutely not, nothing to oh, do yeah. with him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which, which I, I can agree. I, I would very much want to distance myself from any of this business. Mm. Did you guys see the, um, the uh, TGS? They had like a 15 minute video of gameplay. Did you see that? I haven't actually. 
I'd be quite um, interested to see it now that you mention it. I didn't know it was out there. I don't think we um, covered it on the site. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, but I'm sure you can find the video on YouTube somewhere. Um, yeah. And it was it was just a Konami video. It was um, with, you know, voiceover explaining what was going on and whatever. Um, it was kind of weird and mm-hmm. clunky and there was a lot more fighting. Um, like at first, the, the first couple of minutes, it was talking about like uh, the team – you know, of four split up into two to infiltrate this location and collect resources on the way. And they're coming across these zombie corns and whatever, and uh, sneaking up on them. And I was like, okay, yeah, that kind of makes sense. I can see sort of like a metal gear online type thing going on. Okay. Um, and so I was like, okay, this kind of makes sense. If you do like a, uh, the last of us style, almost stealth mechanic with these zombies, mm-hmm. um, and then they got to the base and it started going into like, now they had to defend this point and they were working oh, no. to defend it, which basically meant that they were fighting like hordes of zombies and uh, building defenses and stuff. And I was like, it just, you know, when you get to that point, it's like, it looks really clunky. There was one guy with a sword and he kept swinging the sword and it was like the same three animations over and over and over. Yikes. And then another... Another guy with a spear, he'd poke, and then he'd step back, and then he'd poke. You think they could just rip the, um... Sorry, you go. Well, it's it's probably early days, isn't it? I mean, um, there, there wasn't a lot in the way of uh, melee weapons in MGS-40s, was there? So I suppose they didn't have mm. a lot to to take from that for this. Um, well, uh, counter to that, I was going to say that you'd think they just ripped the sword animations from Raiden. <laughs> yeah, right. From uh, um, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Yeah, I mean, well, it, it was... Uh, engine, wasn't it? I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it was kind of like a machete. It wasn't like a full-length sword. Um, okay. But even still, it just... the It didn't look satisfying, because that's never really been metal gear so like it feels like they're forcing this four player action game into this stealth game you know mm-hmm. and the, the engine was very clearly not originally designed to do that so maybe eventually they can get it into a state where it doesn't look strange and it works maybe a little bit better um i mean the other things that they seem to be doing made a whole lot of sense i mean communicating with your teammates seemed pretty easy and you know all of the navigation and whatever was still there so yeah i mean i've watched some of it i don't think i watched all of it um i'm quite sure why they um i think at one point they sneak up on um on them and and knife in the back and but then they still use the wormhole extraction to get rid of them which i'm not quite sure what the benefit of that one was well you know (laughs) zombies are very intelligent and they might stumble along their uh dead twice (laughs) counterpart and yeah, and raise the alarm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't think they really thought it through um, for the aspects of it. I mean, it's a shame because I think if you look at the premise and the idea, if yeah. they didn't try to tie it to Metal Gear Solid and if they instead looked towards uh, like um, Zombie Nation, Z Nation, or yeah. uh, maybe some other IP that they could work with if they're particularly keen on doing a zombie game, yeah. then. Uh, you know, I think because um, I quite enjoyed um, Left 4 Dead, it'd be nice to have something of the same vein for PlayStation, um, you know, multi-platform kind of one. Hmm. Um, yeah. 
it, you know, it could, could be done properly. I mean, the problem is, I mean, Konami are, are digging themselves out of uh, one heck of a hole, aren't they? I mean, we, they we've, just keep we've, digging. Yeah, we've we've moaned about Sony lately, but I mean, uh, there's, I don't think there's anyone with a worse reputation at the moment than no. Konami. I think they have seriously gone straight to the bottom. They have gone past Sony, EA. Anyone else that we've had a bit of a difference Square, with? Yeah. Square, yeah, and they're right down there at the bottom now. It's and kind of incredible how badly they've they've done this. It's I, like, um, what was it? You know, Jim, Jim Sterling is always, you know, he's got his fuck Konami news, and it's freaking hysterical. And some of the stuff is just mind blowing. And, and you're like, they're quite at the bottom. I was like, even the indie devs, and I was like, oh, there's there's dim- digital homicide. They might actually be worse. <laughs> but oh, I've heard of that. That's yeah. it. It's like when when you are keeping company with that kind of that low rung of developer, you've got you've got to work your your stuff out. I guess because um, they just had a problem with Pez. Because um, I guess the PC version of Pez uh, is like the um, previous generation it's based on the 360 ps3 generation of pez so it's it's not even the ps4 xbox one version which you would think would be easier to um port because it's already based on pc architecture (laughs) so What, what are they doing i don't it's why like I could understand if they did that two years ago and you know they already had this mostly you know there's some explanations you could work with but it's two years too late. They've, they've done this two years in a row. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Anyways, in more positive news, uh, so Kojima was also talking about Death Stranding, um, and obviously we still don't have anything because they just settled on an engine, so they've only just started working on it, but apparently it's supposed to be co-op and open world. Cool. Yeah. That's about it. I mean, I, there's no real other context for that, I guess, right? Well, it's it's Kojima, isn't it? So, I mean, whatever it is, we're, we're, everyone's going to fall over it. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's going to take, what, five years or something to, to get done, I suspect. So, best oh, not hold yeah. your breath. He did also comment on when he's aiming to get it out, actually. Did he? What, what, oh, what did. did you... <laughs> um, if I remember correctly, this is going off the top of my head, but he said before... Well, he said it cryptically in classic Kojima style. He said, before the Olympics, and also uh, before the year in which Akira is set. And if you can decode both of those, then you'll have, I suppose, 2018. But, um... That's not bad. That's a pretty fast (laughs) Well, that's what he's saying. So, 2018, I bet you'll probably slip to 2019. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) I mean, to to be fair to him, um, he did turn games around in a very consistent, maybe three to four years, and mm. generally he was making a new engine each time. So I know, right? Wow. Yeah, it doesn't exactly. I think a lot of us Save. were quite happy with some of the engines, and would have just have liked like another follow up for sooner. Yeah, really. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's such a good series. Well, unfortunately, he's lost the series now. Such a good series. Yeah. It could have been one where you know you'd have your staple every three years, the next brand new one, but you'd have kind of like a filler in the middle that wasn't a new engine, but it was a new story, new continuation, or... or like Ground Zeroes. Wow, no, Ground Zeroes, that that was obviously... That that was a kind of demo <laughs> to... It was um, built off the five, right? So. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, actually, I, I quite like Ground Zeroes, and I, I, I mean, I liked it so much, I played it twice, and completed it on, on both formats, and I actually found that more, more of an intense, real, true realistic sort of Metal Gear experience, and then mm-hmm. in, in the full um, Phantom Pain, it kind of, it, it slipped out a bit with the, as I said, the wide open spaces, you can attack from any angle, whereas mm-hmm. you were linear, there was only so many ways you could go. On, on Ground Zeroes, and you didn't have the Fulton in there, so it, it was very sort of intense compared to uh, yeah, what the later game turned out to be, which uh, was a, which was a shame for some bits. Uh, and well, by the time you got the wormhole one, it was it was really silly by then, I think. <laughs> but yeah, never mind. Yeah, um, <laughs> there you go. Uh, it'd be nice, um, yeah, if you, if you could do some more. I mean, it is it is such a shame what happened with yeah. Konami and, and Kojima because once again uh, I suppose there's absolutely no hope either for um, Zone of the Enders to uh, crop up No, I, I always like that <laughs> who, who wouldn't right I mean uh, it's well, we, such a shame I think a lot of people expected that uh, Metal Gear would be on hiatus for a little bit so I don't know maybe maybe it's in the cards who knows mm. well yeah I mean I thought the last thing they said was oh, we're going to stick to our um, was it Pinball Pincho, Pinchata, uh, Pachinko, Pachinko, thanks, <laughs> Pachinko machines, and like give up the gaming scene. So this this is really out of left field, wasn't it? The, yeah, I guess all the survive. So it, it it's one thing to upset gamers, and there's another thing to completely outright confuse them. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. What they on about? A little but, question yeah. mark appears above the head. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but. Um, well, yeah, we'll all be keen to see what Kojima, what Kojima can do and, and bring out. And good, good luck to Kano, uh, Konami to uh, sort of win back gamers. They've got an awful, awful long hill to climb. Yep, and you know, I hope they do because they do still have some of my favorite franchises. So. I know, right? Or at least, at least sell them on to to other ones that could uh, reinvigorate them. Yep, yep. Because uh, have they got Silent Hill as well? Yep. Yep. Oh, see. Watch yeah. that. Well, they they kind of missed their window now too, because um, Resident Evil is definitely uh, creeping in on that uh, sort of eerie psychological horror. Uh, yeah, true. Angle, you know. So, yeah. little little too late for Konami on that one, I think. Well, I mean, not too late. You could always have competition, but did Konami give? Uh, sorry, did um, uh, Kojima give any idea for the sort of context of? The new one is it going to be espionage? Is it going to be horror? Um, is it going to be yeah? Hasn't settled on a genre yet. I, I think he said it was an action game, didn't he? At one point, this was a uh, that's nice and vague. Seven months ago, <laughs> uh, but he was like he said something along the lines of it will be very recognizably an action game. Okay. Yeah. Well, they all are, aren't they? It's only the end is Metal Gear Solid. Well, not yeah, uh, action, aren't they? Yeah, right. PT is definitely not. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, to a certain extent, the Metal Gear games are, but I mean, they're not intended to be. They're intended to be much slower. There's just action elements, really. Mm. You know. Um, but he, he said this was going to be, um, if I remember correctly, very clearly action oriented. And then he did comment, if I remember correctly, on the uh, name. He was talking about uh, basically it was the concepts of the game and the title itself was based basically on um, the nature of, of 
beached whales and how they come up on shore and oh, yeah. basically die on shore. And it's supposed to be very, uh, very dark themes about death and all that. So, um, speaking of death, um, <laughs> <laughs> Since since uh, Disney is getting out of the sort of games industry in a way, um, at least directly, the uh, Disney Infinity, they're going to be closing their servers, but it's a little bit unclear how this is going to work or if it's going to affect you. Um, they kind of were not clear. Um, starting on September 30th, um, some of the servers will close. Um I think you probably have a better handle on this than I do, Prince. Me? <laughs> right? Um, I had a little you? look into it after seeing it, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, uh, I picked up on this one, actually. Oh, yeah, so, oh okay. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so they, if you look on their announcement, they say, you know, until September 30th, community content will still be available and you'll be able to upload and download any of your toy box creations. Mm-hmm. As normal. So, it's I, the, the the suggestion there, you know, it says it's upload and download. And then later on, it then says, as of the 30th of September, you know, the um, team will no longer be reviewing or approving any new toy boxes that submit to toy boxes, like the, the little worlds you create yourself and mm-hmm. submit to them. Um, however, if you're playing on any console, you know, you'll, you can continue to download your uh, favorite toy boxes for the community section until... March 3rd, 2017, which is the final date for all the multiplayer and online services server-side um, shutting down. So it may be that the upload is going to stop on the 30th of September. There is there is a trophy in, I think it's in 2, Toy, uh, toy Box Maker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So obviously it's hard to tell in it with these games until they actually turn some of this stuff off, whether... You know, whether if you try to submit a toy box, if you'll then get like an error code that you can't submit it and then it can't process the, the trophy unlock uh, code yeah. and, and not lock it, can you? Or it may be, yeah, it submits it, you still get the trophy, but it doesn't go anywhere or do anything. But that's the sort of thing, it's hard to tell until they do it. So if you haven't yet got a toy box maker in, in Disney Infinity 2.0, you should definitely hurry and get that done this week. Mm, um, yeah. Or it's too late, I should I mean, think, to be on the safe side. It does seem like you might luck out if you don't get it done by then, and you mm-hmm. may still be able to get credit for it. But at the very least, March 3rd, there's no way after that oh, yeah. are, you're just yeah. not going to be able to do it. So, But definitely, if you have the chance, get it done soon, because as of September 30th, you very well may not be able to do it, depending on how it's set up. Mm, exactly. Yeah it's, it, yeah, it's hard to tell, isn't it? Also on that, um, obviously, the online stuff and the multiplayer is where you're going to need to, to get um, the other ones before March 3rd. I also also mentioned that on Disney Infinity 3, there's an um, uh, uh, add-on, uh, I think that's the way to call it, it um, for Marvel Battlegrounds. Yep. Um, I think people mistakenly think this is a online multiplayer. It's a, it's a local multiplayer. Oh. So you can put your characters on the base you've got, you put one on and, and swap it around, and it kind of temporarily unlocks them on the, on the selection wheel. So then you can then pick um, um, your your character to play in a kind of well, like little Street Fighter kind of um, battle um, up to up to four players locally, uh, and there is a trophy for having four players simultaneously. So you've got to, you've either got to splash out on 
uh, giving three extra controllers or um, uh, <laughs> borrowing from your mates if, you, yeah. if they'll let you. Um, additionally, though, it, although it's that kind of local co-op, whenever you start the game, it says establishing network for a very brief moment. I don't know if that's the PlayStation for generating like a, a local network for the for the full player, or if it's it is actually got some dependency on some multiplayer server somewhere, even though it's only providing local. It's a bit weird. It doesn't really yeah. explain it. It just says establishing I mean, network. What's it doing? Yeah, I mean, you'd certainly hope that they'd patch that so that whatever is you know fine for local but you never know you never know it's yeah it's this weird thing that one so again i i've been trying to get through all of those ones as well and get them done just in case you know um i think it might be a little bit worse on the xbox side as well because i think some of them you've got to download a load of um additional um downloads for the for the add-ons on one of the versions whereas on the playstation you if, you, if you've you've got the the, um, the latest title update and uh, and the um, necessary toy piece and it just unlocks it and you're okay. Whereas you've got a little bit a little bit more effort to do on the 360 for some weird reason. Aha! Take that mm-hmm. Xbox. Yeah, that's why you need to buy a Pro for uh, Scorpio. Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. They, yes. They've said all the title updates and downloads should still continue from. Sony and Microsoft, so that okay. shouldn't be a problem. Yeah. Yeah. All right, and then uh, there's another one on here. What's this uh, PlayStation VR thing? Yeah, so you know how we've been sort of talking in the recent podcasts about yeah, what's going on with Sony, what they're going to do, and, and the pro, yeah. not kind of the big fanfare that we hoped. So, um, you know, we're, we're etching closer to PlayStation VR. Um, and... Uh, they need to start getting the the you know the marketing going for that because even I'm sort of struggling to sort of pick out the games and uh, what what's for launch and what's what's coming yeah. and you know the the it's a bit slow isn't it coming out I mean I picked up on a couple of titles that so I, I pre-ordered it like a lot of people pre-ordered it and you you get the you get the um, what do they call it it's the play playroom VR isn't it yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, they're supposed to be doing uh, demos, I think. Yeah. There, but there, there's another one that's PlayStation VR Worlds. Is it? That is actually is that, that's a separate one to purchase, isn't it? And it's got um, like a getaway kind of thing in it. Or does that come well, with it? I think that comes with it. I, I don't know what it's mm-hmm. called, but the PlayStation um, VR PlayStation... Worlds is, is something, and it's got the getaway, well, a getaway like scenario in it, and a couple of others. Yeah, I'd have to imagine that's probably part of the demo disc. Um, because the, the VR is supposed to come with 18 demos, I think. Okay. Um, when you buy it, it comes with a di- disc uh, with demos for 18 different um, experiences. Because one of them actually isn't a game, per se. One of them uh, is... Uh, I can't remember the name of it, because I think it's French or something. Um, but it's actually a movie or something, and it was just based on the way it's shot, you can actually move around in the movie. Um, okay. And so you can actually watch the scene unfold um, from whatever angle you want. Mm. Yeah. Well, it, it's certainly available on, on websites to pre-order for uh, £30 separately. 
and it's got oh. a. I, I do like that they have the little image in the bottom right hand corner of the box that tells you, you know, you'll need VR headset, the camera, and you will also need the move controllers for mm, when you yeah. need them or, or when you don't need those ones. Which reminds me, actually, I haven't, haven't uh, pre-ordered those. Probably oh boy! <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if do, do the old ones work? Actually, yeah. that's a good question because they've re- they've released new move controllers and they've released that new camera, haven't they? Are the move control the new ones different? I don't think so. I think they're yeah. just the same uh, move controllers. They just do a double pack. Or I saw a double pack, and I think it was priced at seventy pounds, which blew my mind because they're yeah, worth less than ten each. I know. <laughs> wow, so that's way overcharging. Well, yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of complexity to the controller itself. Uh, mm. I can't imagine what you would gain from. I was uh, wondering a new version. Is is it is it the luminosity on the circular bit on the top? Because on all the pictures of the new ones, they look a lot brighter and colourful than the old ones were. I didn't know if the right. camera needed right. that to kind of translate just, it. That might just be a little bit of uh, tweaking on the contrast or something from the marketing people. <laughs> <laughs> could be, could be, yeah. In, in brightened to show luminosity or something. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> HDR. So I need. Yeah, yeah, so I need to look at it a bit more. But uh, I started looking at some of the games thing. Right, you know, you've got to get a couple of the launch ones, haven't you, to, to get into it? And um, yeah. I don't know if you've discussed these before on the, on the podcast, but uh, I was looking at um, Battlezone, mm-hmm. um, that they're sort of pushing. Um, I I never actually played the older ones from what was it nineteen ninety six that they sort of wow. attribute this one to, but I looked at some of the videos on YouTube and it just looks like a sort of ordinary, um, you know, military tank kind of um, approach. Whereas the new one is is, is very VR like, isn't it? It's, it's oh, you're, yes, you're in a virtual game. Yeah. So you, do you know what? When I saw that and looked at that, I immediately had flashbacks of good old PlayStation One days. Uh, I put my hand up. I was sad enough. I had two original PlayStation ones. I had the System Link cable. Oh wow! Oh, boy. You can probably guess where I'm going with this. And I had a brilliant game. I loved it to pieces. Assault Rigs. Hmm. If you don't remember that title, you've got to look it up on sorry YouTube for the videos. It, it it is a battle VR tank game. Right. It is it is old school VR, and the the intro itself is fantastic. It's a total advert for VR. You know, it's this um, it's this lady getting into um, well, it goes through the stages of VR. Do you remember when you had those those ones at the games uh, conferences where it's this circular uh, elevated stand with a sort of ring bar around it that you stood in, yep. and then you had the headset on, and mm-hmm. the, yeah, the bar was there to stop you walking off of it or whatever. And it shows you that. And it shows you that the very old-fashioned sort of clunky VR flat worlds, and then it shows one where they're getting into. If you've ever been to um, uh, the uh, sort of Universal Studios kind of places where you sit inside of this simulated thing and it rocks around like crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it it kind of looks more to like that evolution, and you see it get into it, put the headset on, the front closes up. <laughs> And then, and then you see the, the actual tank game or their impression of it in the future. And as yeah. tanks roll over, the whole thing turns. And it's a fabulous advert, just watching the intro for, for VR. And then uh, the, the, I like the music. Apparently some people didn't, but I, it was really engaging. And I just remember that the, the sound effects were, were you know, it, it, it is retro. It is, 
you, you've got to love that kind of aspect for it. You either hate it or you love it. And when I saw Battlezone, I just thought, oh my goodness, it looks like a new Assault Rigs. And it is. And Assault Rigs was done by a developer that Sony owned. It became a subsidiary. So when I saw this, I thought, why didn't they call it Assault Rigs? Assault Rigs VR. I don't know what's going on with Sony. Doesn't Battlezone evoke more, uh, more recognition? Oh, I suppose. But not, not with me. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, I thought, oh, okay, that's definitely going on my, on my list. Um, and then, unfortunately, not making it as a, as a launch title. I understand coming out end of November 29th or maybe beginning of December. I don't know if it's US and European date. So Battlezone is coming out um, October 13th with the VR, right? Yeah, yeah, that one's a launch title. And then... What's coming out a little bit later, unfortunately, so I can't enjoy it from day one with the VR. Um, end of November, beginning of December, I'm not quite sure on the date, but they are actually, Ubisoft are releasing Star Trek Bridge Commander. And this oh, is yeah. every, yeah, every Trekkie's dream, this is. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm actually blown away. You actually get to VR, you put on your headset VR and get to experience actually being a captain or a helmsman or yep. the engineer, uh, you get to you get to. Well, some people might not enjoy this, but you, you, for a trekkie, it's amazing. You, you get to actually be at the station, and you get to yeah. tap at the controls. And being VR, you can turn your head round and look at the others, and they can do the same. And you right. you actually see the avatar, the character, turn their head, and they actually have the mouths try to lip sync with you when when you speak. So oh yeah, it's probably not going to be great, but. At least they went to the effort to try and do that, to help immerse you into it. And I can just imagine that the hours of, of Trekkies role-playing this, getting really into it, uh, <laughs> you know, right, it's Klingons off the starboard bow, you know, race shields, ensign, you know, and all the rest yeah, yeah. of it. Um, I'm, I'm warning you now, I'm total Trekkie, yeah, it's going to be crazy. That's going to be me, you know. The, the family be tactical, <laughs> I don't want to be Wesley. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Family members around the world uh, in December will be despairing as their, you know, their husbands, girlfriends, wives, sons, daughters, whatever. I've got a VR headset and they're just spouting the the Star Trek um, uh, canon and and lines and just despairing at uh, (laughs) they've lost them to this world. Um, But, oh, it's great. I mean, I think you can play it singularly as well. I'm not quite sure how that works if you just specialise one station or you've got to try and multitask that that could be quite interesting but uh, yeah. just to think of all the clans and groups uh, and building up to to work on this and it, it's not even like a short-term thing either They're, they've got a generator for missions that will keep really? generating ones after it as well yeah i mean you can imagine there's going to be a set a set number of types there's going to be the rescue mission there's going to be the escort mission isn't there there's probably going to follow those kind of lines but the fact that you, it will generate you know new uh, you know, new planets and new um, situations and things, so that at least they're never the same. Is is quite interesting. which again is another point on the on the battle zone as well, isn't it? They say that you know if you don't make it through to the the end um, uh, entity, then um, it will reset and regenerate and reshuffle everything around, so it's never the same. That should, yeah. that should prove difficult for some uh, walkthrough writers. <laughs> Yeah, you know, as long as they don't put me in a Kobayashi Maru situation, I'm good. <laughs> exactly. There's got to be one mission called that. Isn't it? Yeah, um, right. it, it's set in the J.J. Abrams re, uh, rebooted mm-hmm. um, uh, timeline, which yeah, there's a lot of us that 
aren't keen on that, but I would say don't let that dissuade you from it because it, unfortunately it's not the Enterprise that you're on, so you, you don't have to deal with any of uh, yeah. <laughs> any of those characters. An interesting start for a ship is the uh, USS Aegis, which is quite uh, funny. I've got a project at work called Aegis, which is funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I look at that, I keep thinking of work, which is not, not good, really. <laughs> it's supposed no. to be distracting me from it. Just think of Greek mythology instead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Glad it's... To hear- Glad yeah. to hear somebody else is excited about it because I, I totally cool. freaked out when I heard about that. I I came. Oh, yes. I, I think I read about it while I was at, at work, and I I was <laughs> coming home. I drove home. It took me about an hour to get like near home. I picked my wife up at the train station. She was coming home, and it was like, okay, so this thing. It's Star Trek Bridge Crew. It's awesome. It's like, you know, I'd been waiting an hour to tell her that, you know. <laughs> uh, slightly better than me then. It just kind of jumped up in the middle of work and sort of went, yes. <laughs> yeah. And everyone looked at me strange and going, yeah, new Star Trek VR game. Never mind. You wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I work in the only IT department on the planet. I think that hasn't got anyone else in it, even remotely uh, nerdy or techy. Wow, um, that's a, yeah, I know, right? Star Trek, Star Wars, what's any of that? Uh, uh, poor me, but there you go. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I'm, I can't wait for those. What, what, which ones are you guys keen for? Because you, you, obviously you're going to get VR on you. Go on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I probably will. Um, I, I probably would have got it if I had a chance to, um, but the pre-orders were out, so... I'm a little disappointed now. But, oh, um, you're going to try the shops, though? I'm, I can't believe that every single pre-order's gone and there won't be any iron around. I'm sure they always I might, keep some I might extra. have to see what I'm doing on the 13th and see if I can't show up somewhere and pick one up. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know that there's anything in particular that I'm really looking forward to individually. Um, I will probably, I mean, this, the bridge crew thing, it totally, you know, that sounds awesome. Um, but... I'll probably just take that demo disc home and, and sit and mess around with that at first. Um, mm-hmm. The only other one that really kind of, I was like, oh yeah, that's pretty neat was uh, Riggs um, seemed interesting to me. Hmm. Yeah. There's warnings of sort of feeling sick playing that one, isn't there? From Yeah. Uh, that, that one I think has, has been having the most trouble with uh, motion sickness. Because so. it's so intense, I guess. It looks really quite full yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if there's a you know, vomit warning on the box. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> or, or when you start the game up, you know, instead of the usual epileptic and all those warnings, it'd be, you know, motion sickness and uh, have a sick bag ready. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I I imagine you're getting a VR headset then? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've got, I had that pre-ordered. And I'm so glad now that there's two games that I'm really excited for to do it because... I, I normally do. When the PlayStation 4 came out, I got it with a camera. And I played with the yeah. playroom, and it, it's cool for streaming. And I've always done it with all those things. If there's a, a gadget coming out, I will, I will give it a go, which is not good for the wallet. <laughs> right. But uh, and as, as does not usually pay off in in many cases. Be honest, uh, long term. But uh, uh, yeah, this this does look like a, an excellent opportunity, and I can't mm-hmm. I can't wait to try that out and and uh get get to express my star trek nerdness <laughs> say things yeah. that in any other context would make you look wait wait a sec then someone takes a picture of you while using vr and you still look weird 
Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. You, you just got to go into it, haven't you? Yeah. Can, can you imagine the number of incriminating photos that are going to pop up online? <laughs> um, so that's, let's see. The Star Trek Bridge crew is coming out at the end of November-ish, right? Uh, yeah, some dates say November 29th, other dates say like the 6th of December. So I'm not quite sure if that's USEU or if they just haven't quite settled on a date yet. But uh... Okay. Well, so keep an eye on those. Um, and then rounding out the news real quick, uh, Shovel Knight Spectre of Torment is uh, coming out, I think it's next year, right? They did say that that was coming out in... Um, spring 2017 um and that's the uh next expansion because they they've already done the one with um the plague knight if i remember okay um and this is uh the specter knight uh what was he yeah so uh, basically you get to play as one of the other knights and they're basically keeping up with their promise to basically make a whole bunch of other um playable characters for the game um they're it just looks pretty cool <laughs> because all the movement has changed and how you get about, uh, like he swings his, uh, scythe around and like it drags him places. And that's part of getting around in the game. Um, so that's coming out in spring of 2017 and that will be free. Just like the plague of shadows, which is fantastic. You should go play it. Um, and then finally persona five, uh, is getting a steel book launch edition. Hmm. Um, which I, yeah, I added this one. Up. Yeah, <laughs> it's I breaking that's news coming. from today. Yeah, perfect. See, we're on top of this stuff. Yeah. It didn't happen <laughs> just after. We've got this. But um, by the time um, people are listening, it will probably be on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and we'll we'll probably have missed something else by then. So well, next week we'll have um, news that's breaking news when you're listening because we'll have a crystal ball. I've ordered yes. it, but um, <laughs> I think it, I got second class delivery, so it's going to take a little while. Uh, you you got to sign up for the uh, subscription model. Yeah. It gets it, yeah. Gets it there much It better. gets delivered by a drone then. <laughs> yeah. Day. Imagine a drone dropping a crystal ball on you from above. You, then you know you're in the future. Just like, yeah, right. what is happening in this world? Um, anyway, yes, the uh, the Steelbook. So um, they detailed the different types of editions a few months back um, for the American... Uh, audience they detailed their editions way back sort of three months ago and in europe they finally confirmed it last month um but now they're revealing what the actual steelbook design will be so i guess that the the picture we saw on the steelbook before was just a temporary image which is good because i looked at that and i thought oh, i don't really like that i like the regular edition more but now i'm looking at what they've just revealed for the steelbook and they've the brilliant thing is they've shown both the outside, the front and the back and the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it just looks really good. I think, um, the very, front, very yeah, it's, yeah. Stylized is exactly the word because it's, um, the front is got sort of a black, well, not quite black and white, but a sort of noir, um, very sensitive to the characters. Yeah. And the inside has a really colorful, um, list of the characters in their mast forms so atlas has been running the sort of line um the steelbook has revealed its true self and of course fans of the persona series will know that the whole series is about um one's true self and the inner mm-hmm. um forms so in this game of course it's about thieves well 
Phantom Thieves. I love that combination of words, Phantom Thief. <laughs> yeah. Um it's it's got you've got the school kids on the front and then the Phantom Thieves with their masks on the inside and that's just the perfect thing to open up your steelbook and get. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Mm. Uh are you a Persona fan? I'm quite a Persona fan, yeah, a little bit. I'm not one I've got to be honest, I'm not one of the really old school uh goes way back to first persona or anything like that. But um, when Persona 3 came out, that was on PS2, right? And that was in the uh, PS2's Twilight days. It was a terrible time, place to launch on PS2. But I, I pre-ordered that. I got the uh, art book. Really stylish again. You get the soundtrack with it. Um, and Persona 4, same thing again on the PS2 for who knows why. They released it on yeah. PS2. <laughs> and um, nobody bought it except Persona fans because no one was looking at PS2 games anymore. Um, yeah. And uh, I love that too. I think I don't think there was an art book with that one, but I definitely got the soundtrack, which I love. Uh, well, selective soundtrack, but good tracks on there. And then, of course, uh, Persona 4 Golden released on Vita, and that's when finally they released it on a relevant platform and the world yeah. noticed and loved it. And now Persona's in the spotlight, so hopefully uh, Persona 5 will see some success. Yeah, um, it would be pretty cool. But look out for this Steelbook launch edition. It says limited number at launch. So this is basically the free upgrade if you pre-order the... Um, so sadly, it's PS4 only for people who still want to buy it on the Twilight. People who are keeping up the Persona tradition and buying on the Twilight console. Yeah, um, right. You can't get the Steelbook on PS3. But for PS4, if you buy it um, at launch or shortly after, depending on stock, uh, you'll get the free upgrade to the Steelbook. Um, so that's something to keep in mind if you're considering buying sooner or waiting for price to go down it might not be if you wait for the price to go down you might end up with a standard edition so it's up to you yeah i think i can safely say if you're waiting to pick it up for cheaper that might not be what you want to do um mm. i i've never really gotten into persona yeah um i need to sit down and and go back at four um but people love it so mm. If you haven't given it a shot, at least find track down a Persona Four Golden Edition somewhere and yes. give that a go, and then see what you think before you jump into this. Because odds are good, pretty most people have really taken to it. So I would say I, I know I've spoken a lot, but uh, with Persona Five, it's sort of an offline single player game, so you could by all means play it any number of years later and it'll still be relevant to you your experience um but at the same time i think this is exactly how you convince people no i mean not convince people but reward people for buying early and the the same with p3 and p4 in that you buy early you get this free stuff extra and um you buy later fine you, you still get the whole game you, you don't get yeah. any oh you don't get the code for this or that and you miss out you just yeah. don't get some of the physical treats and I think that's the right way to do it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's, it's sort of a pure. It's a pure intention. It's uh. It's not corporate greed, and I like that. Yeah. Um. So that's it for the news. You, you guys up for uh, topic, or we're yeah. running a little bit long. Yeah, I don't know. How do you guys feel? I'm good. Okay. Um, I don't know anywhere to go. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. You just did the so, corner the whole time, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well. We'll. Um. Keep it kind of short, but okay. Um, so it we got the uh NPD numbers uh for August just mm -hmm. recently, and um, Xbox One was at the top of the chart uh for the second month in a row. So, which was I NPD? think is the only time in the past you know 
three-ish, well, two and a half years mm-hmm. that they've been on top twice in a row. It's like um, a retailer sales figure. Yes, sorry, and NBT, MPD numbers. And you know what? I don't even remember what they stand for. But the <laughs> okay. NPD numbers are basically, it's an outside um, group that uh, pulls like various retailers and now they do uh, digital sales too. Uh, to get an idea of what people are buying, and they kind of piece together what the top sales are um, for each month. Um, and so, in hardware sales, um, the Xbox One actually topped the PS4. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it also covers software, um, which I actually haven't even looked into that, but I, I thought this was particularly interesting, especially since um, Sony has been having. A few issues, nothing too major yet, but mm. the, the kind of stumbling a little bit. So, um, w- do you guys have any thoughts about these trends? Uh, yeah, so yeah. I'm. Oh, shall I go first? Yeah, uh, yeah. I was yeah. thinking it's a little bit. Um, this data kind of needs to be unpacked a bit, I guess, because you've got. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you could talk about uh, Sony's uh, sort of. Uh, seeming decline but yes then also the data is from august right so right so this always... is um before playstation had their uh neo event mm-hmm. and before the news came out of bethesda about sony holding back mods mm-hmm. um so this is still before several of the more recent sony um fumbles yeah so that means that we could see it continuing or perhaps getting worse for September. Alternatively, it could be the reverse. It could be that um, the Xbox One S released in August, I believe. It started in on the 2nd, I think, and uh, has obviously become available in more editions um, progressively. Uh, so that would contribute a lot to their sales because a lot of people will not only be um, thinking, this is my time to get an Xbox One, but they'll also be thinking, now I'm going to upgrade or uh, trade in and so on. And that will all boost the sales figures. And it could, and be, could end up happening to Sony as well. Yes, well, that's what it's going to get. Yeah. It could be staggering, couldn't it, that month buying the console, knowing there's, there's quite a few games coming out in October, Gears of War 4 and, and so forth. So it could be uh, quite popular that time. That's it. Yeah. it may be around August that, you know, sales are going to dip anyway ahead of the, the holiday season and this you know there was the rumblings and things about new playstation console and new um uh, playstation neo so people might have just been waiting to see you know what sony were going to do with their conference and it depends when when um you know i'm sure some insiders knew about sony's conference even earlier than, than the public one as well so it's probably not too surprising. There's a bit of a dip there anyway. Mm. So I think uh, in September, I'm sure we'll see more PS4 sales in the same way because of the Slim. And we'll mm-hmm. also see more PS4 sales with the Pro. Uh, I don't yeah. think the uh, I don't think the VR will have much of an impact on the console sales. Well, maybe, no. but with the Slim and the uh, the Pro being on either side of it, it's uh, those are sort of the bigger anchor points, I think. People will buy it in bundles with the VR, but probably a slim okay. bundle and so on. Yeah. I think, I mean, 
if you're going to be buying VR when it releases on October 13th, mm-hmm. you're hopefully already going to have a PlayStation anyways. So mm-hmm. the time to get it would have would be to get the Slim before you got that. Or if you're going to get it so that it works with the Pro, then you just wait and get it then. So I don't think yeah. in October you're already dropping $400 on the VR. I can't imagine that you're going to also get a system at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so September might be kind to Sony and they might jump back on top. Um, and then I think I can't imagine that Xbox is going to be behind in October just because like you said, they've got gears coming. So, and the, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people are talking about that, that uh, gears slim model, which I think is going to sell tons. Mm-hmm. So no, I, it's I think limited. Uh, I guess the question I would reflect on to you guys is uh, is the one where it comes down to opinion. Uh, do you feel or do you think that uh, it's more, uh, do you think this situation looking at August has come from Xbox One sales being up or from, well, relatively Xbox One sales being more up or PS4 sales being more down? And just to reinforce that, the PS4 sales may have gone down because of expectation for the slim announcement and the pro announcement mm-hmm. uh did you want to take a shot at it Ace? i'm gonna say i think it's a combination of both basically mm-hmm. but uh, which do you think is the bigger factor which is the bigger factor uh, yeah, i'm putting you, you on could, the spot you gotta you gotta pick a side <laughs> i think if you're going to announce something and, and you're going to hear rumors about a new console i think that's or a new version that's always going to Cause people to just stand by and hang on, isn't mm-hmm. it? Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to say it's probably more likely the the announcement of the the slim and the, and the PlayStation Pro is probably what uh, caused people to just to hold fire and see see what comes out of it. And then the interesting bit would to see, you know, how, how those sales recover in in September or if they don't. Yeah. Also, think- just to add, uh, Forza Horizon Three is coming out. Um, I think uh, next, next week. week, and that would also yeah. increase have increased Xbox One sales around this period. Yeah, Forza is an, another one of those uh, console sellers. Mm. Uh, though, I mean, if you if you're a Forza fan, you've already had two entries this generation. So, well, this one has a- um, ninety. Well, apart from being an arcade alternative, it has ninety one on Metacritic, which is very high yes. for the series. Um, so that's also yep. good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they're they're already doing pretty well. So yeah. I'm sure it'll move units, not not like Gears will, because Gears is going to appeal to a, a, another segment of the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, that will I think give them a little bit more of a boost. Um, I I personally think that it's actually Xbox gaining momentum, okay, um, quite considerably, because um, I think they did fine with their uh, press conference at E3, um, and they came out with this S. Uh, model and it was $300 and it had some extra features and I think that really helped and I think it is partly the the slate of games I think some of this is Gears of War coming out this year I think people are buying consoles now for Gears of War and so they're buying in the middle of the summer catching up on the couple of forces that have come out and uh, whatever other games um, and and then they're going to get Gears or or maybe even they picked up um, the collection because they've been doing that for a long time too, where you get an Xbox one and uh, you get like a free game and you can get the uh, gears collection. Right. Mm. Uh, um, so 
Uh, sure about that. The Gears Ultimate Edition. Right? Oh yeah, what does that come with? Um, so it's supposed to be the Gears anniversary, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, um, the, yeah. The the Ultimate Edition is the is the sort of remastered Gears. Um, and if you if you played it or bought it within a certain period of time, then you've got the uh, the whole collection beforehand. Which oh, most of them have been games with gold at one stage or another as well, <laughs> yeah. uh, and they've said again if you if you pre-order Gears of War Four, you'll, you'll if you didn't if you didn't get it last time, then again you'll you'll pick them up again. But um, yeah, that's yeah. extremely I mean, redundant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean it, it. They are. It's almost like like I was saying, you know, it gives people a reason to play the games. But I think it's also kind of um, smart of them, like. This is building up hype for oh, yeah. Gears of War 4, you know? But I think and the um, Gears 4 collection, you only get it after you get Gears 4 anyway. Oh, do you? But Gears Ultimate no, definitely has been sense. a hype builder. Well, I mean, you know, they're non-refundable, right? So mm-hmm. I, I would imagine they could just give you the games. But yeah, I, I don't I'm know. I'm not sure, because I got them with the Ultimate Edition. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I did have the originals, but I had physical disc copies now mm-hmm. i've got digital ones as well um yeah. yeah i mean i mean that leads on to our sort of next topic about sony doesn't it i mean you you've got to give microsoft credit i mean you know they mm-hmm. they, they, they should uh, teach konami a thing or two how to go from <laughs> absolutely uh, alienating your entire uh, user base to uh, clawing your way back up out of the out of the hole and uh, you know yeah. lots of um oh okay you know they, they've really worked on the Xbox uh, One interface and, and try to bring a lot of the 360 elements back into it and it's still continuing in with the preview with um, with the, the groups and things, which I'm surprised they didn't call it beacons from the old 360. Um, I, I actually quite enjoyed that feature, but uh, they, you know, they've you know, they pushed on, on, on backwards compatible. It said it couldn't be done, but they, they found a way, and they found a way that doesn't force everyone to necessarily rebuy everything. You know, you, you've, yeah. you've got the, if you've got the disc, you put it in. Yes, it, it is technically not running from the disc, but you can you can download it, you can run it with a disc in, you can um, still use most of the functions and things in there and the downloads and stuff. They, you know, they, they really did well. And, even though it's kind of maybe tearing off a bit, they're still they're still pumping out these ones that are coming back and racing on them. So kudos on them for for doing that. Um, yeah. Sony, meanwhile, yeah, they came out with the clubs and the communities and things first, but the interface until four point four dropped a week ago, then they hadn't done a lot with that really, had they? Uh, this is the mm-hmm. first sort of major improvement on it, I think. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I can see Microsoft is gaining a lot of traction. Um, they're certainly on the way up, whereas Sony have been kind of plateaued for quite a while, I think. Yeah, and that's, I think, part of it is, I do think that, on the other hand, you do have Sony plateauing, and and they're not selling as well. And part of me is wondering if it's a, a bit of a saturation thing. You know, we're all like, consoles aren't dead yet, but, you know, we could be reaching a saturation point at this point. Um, but I, I'm not going to say that console gaming is dead by any stretch. Um, it, part of it is, I think definitely Microsoft capitalizing on, on Sony's gaffes too. Like not, not in these particular sales numbers, but I think that they've done a great job of that. 
they've been, you know, cracking jokes on Twitter and taking pot shots at Sony and saying, Hey, you want this thing? We already do that. You know, um, a lot of that stuff they've been doing rather smartly. Um, they haven't been pointed enough for people to really get pissed off at them. It's kind of been in jest sort of, um, so they're making people laugh, but they are being really smart about it and capitalizing on these gaffes. And um, I, I think that's paying off, going to pay off in dividends for them, uh, not just for stuff like Twitter where people are paying attention, but you've even got uh, news outlets picking up on that kind of stuff and being like, hey, look at this funny thing that Microsoft did, you know? So they're they're Ooh. getting press for this kind of stuff too, which helps them, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, it, it is such a shame, you know, the, the PS Now offering compared to the Xbox. The the mm-hmm. PlayStation Pro can't do 4K DVDs. Yep. The Xbox One S can, yep. you know. Um, finally getting a sort of a interface upgrade improvement. There's still a few things in there I'd, I'd prefer um, a little bit different, but on the whole, that, that is an improvement. But then, yeah, there's sort of coming out and, and blocking mods and things. It's not doing too well, is it? I mean, you you tend to feel that Microsoft made, made a huge mess at the beginning, but then yeah. all the people on board, all the personalities and the faces of it, you can see they are working hard to, to do it. Yeah. Whereas the Sony side of things, conferences and things, I mean, you, you've got no doubt they are really keen into the technology and they will happily go yeah. through it teraflop by teraflop for uh, minutes on end. But you, there, there's there's none of that kind of you know, excitement or really sort of thrill behind it, is there? And and they glaze over a lot of the, um, well, we're upscaling that, or well, you, you can't play 4K DVD on it. You know, they they push a lot of that to the side. And when you actually shine a light on that and look at it, you go, eh, that's a bit of a, eh, it's okay. It's not great. It's not not as we originally thought, you know, um, yeah. not just No Man's Sky, but it's uh, a lot of things coming out of Sony at the moment that are yeah. kind of doing I, that. The, the expectation like... for me is that the VR is the thing that's going to push them yeah. this uh, this Christmas, and I hope the lull of adverts from Sony is because they're building up a load for all the VR stuff, and the minute that hits, it will be non-stop. This is for the players or this is for the VR players, you know, from yeah. Sony adverts just from here to December, you know, really pumping that and, and uh, showing, look, this is an entirely new experience. It's VR. It's in your living room. You don't need a 300-ton super-powered PC for it. You need a PlayStation 4 and you need this VR headset. But And it's not just a singly on your own, you know, you, it's a couch thing as well that people can see on the screen. They've got controllers as well. It's a social thing. It's a social thing with other online gamers with a VR. You know, we, I mean, outside of the sort of PC that's a bit more uh, harder yeah. set up, this, this is a, a new evolution for, um, for console gaming. And I'm really hoping it pays off for them. I mean, they're, they're, but they're, you know, in, so far they've been understating saying yeah, it's going to go by word of mouth. It's going to be a sort of slow adoption. But you know, so they're they're not over pushing it in their, their in their confidence, which is good because that is always going to turn people away, isn't it? But yeah. I'm hoping more it'll be like, wow, you know, look at this word of mouth and experience, and, and people go, hey, yeah, this is worth getting, and if they can keep up the supply and demand, I think that is that's what's going to push Sony further, and hopefully they can reinvest some of that and, and fill in some of the other blanks that they're missing. Um, yeah, because you know and. Uh, 
I'm not sure when next box is planning to drop their kind of augmented reality and stuff, but yeah, Sony have got in first. They've got time to build that up and, and get it in, and I think that's that's gonna that's gonna pay off for them. Hopefully, it's yeah. it's a step in the right direction. I think their HoloLens thing, if I remember correctly, is like targeted at late 2017, maybe 2018, because yeah. they were talking about it, it being still a pretty far off thing. So yeah, um, more more likely they'll have their um, Oculus compatibility or something mm. uh, ready to go. Um, but I, I like where your head is at this. Uh, positivity towards vr so mm-hmm. did you have anything to say prince otherwise we might leave it at that and uh just go on our merry way thinking something positive about sony's okay. marketing so well one thing is uh the the sort of disappointment that we've expressed in sony uh in recent episodes is i i've noticed that in other uh podcasts so i just uh i feel like uh we're not uh alone in that which is something of a consolation but it, it's as much as it's disappointment. It's not. Um, it's not hating on Sony. We still all love our PS4s. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not um, So I suppose if I'm gonna close out that topic, I would say um, a quick answer from both of you. We've talked about what we thought uh, was the driving factor for August's difference in sales, and you both stood on a different sides of that, which is very interesting. Um, now the the question is. Do you think that, uh, say, September, October, November, and particularly December, or any of them that you dare to tackle, uh, which do you think will be the new, uh, which which console do you think will top those sales? Hmm. Mm. I would say, I think Xbox has October. Mm. Um, you know, in terms of hardware sales, I, I'm going to say that uh, Xbox has probably got October and November. You might see Sony pick up December. Okay. Um, I don't know that too many people are going to go for the Pro um, unless they were hoping to get a VR and they just have that money sitting there and they didn't have a chance to spend it yet. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think you may see um, a small uptick in September because of the Slim. But I think that's it. I think I think Xbox might actually win out the rest of the year. Okay. I think um, I think September is probably going to be Sony's month with the VR and um, the new the new Slim. I think um, you know that could be early Christmas presents. Um, I think October is just going to blast with, with Xbox and Gears. I think that would be quite difficult to keep up against that. As we get closer to like November and December, eh, it, could be, it could be anyone's race, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, November depends a lot on uh, Black Friday deals and stuff like that. So I think it really depends on who can come out with the better deal. Um, Sony might actually be in an advantageous position, even though their slim is a little underpowered compared to the S they might be able to knock off an extra 30 bucks for black Friday and stick a game in there and come out on top. So exactly, yeah. yeah. Okay. So you both think October perhaps for the Xbox and uh, thereafter it's anybody's game. We'll see. I, think, yeah. I agree with uh, Yeah. I agree that um, I think with the lower price tag of the PlayStation slim, 
I think uh, Sony are in there for, for for some of the Christmas deals. Uh, and you know, they Sony might actually pull out December too. Um, I'll give them that too because they've got their only two exclusives really, aside from the VR stuff, is coming out in December. So they've got uh, Last Guardian and Gravity Rush. Ah. Which ni- neither are huge games, but you know. Yeah, but I want Gravity Rush too so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I mean, maybe that'll push like five people to go get a PS4. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> buying a new PS4 for that. I'll give you that. <laughs> but, but no, I, I probably Xbox that month too. So, all right. Well, so that's what we think. Um, why don't you tell us what you think in the comments or tweet at us or what have you. Um, there's plenty to unpack there. Let us know which months you think will go to whom and if you think Sony's being dumb and what you wish they would do instead. Um, we'll go through the releases real quick. Uh, there's a decent number of releases uh, this week. Uh, not a whole lot of them are that interesting, though. So... Um, for PS4 Digital, we have uh, The Bunker, which is a psychological horror game. Um, Dear Esther. Dear Esther. Um, have either of you played that? Oh, I got it on uh, PC and I tried to play it on my laptop. I mean, I heard it was great so, and I saw it in a really cheap sale. And I, tr- mm-hmm. I got it, I tried to play it and uh, re- my laptop really couldn't handle it. <laughs> um, so I was sort of, I mean, it's... A walking simulator right but i was walking with such a slow frame rate and the yeah. audio was like barely handling itself and you don't even do any there's no action in the game but the animations just can't handle it and well, not animations but it's basically like i was like in treacle and to take a slow game and make it even more slow i couldn't handle yeah. it so i'm very tempted to get it on ps4 but especially i think that's a launch discount but um oh I it's I don't think it will live up to um everybody's gone to the rapture and what I've experienced there and everything I loved in that game is not really in this game. I loved how English it was, I loved the sort of character the characters out in the wild and the and the sort of ghostly progression. Um whereas this is I think just purely auditory. Uh, I mean obviously it's a beautiful landscape, but it's not a town, mm-hmm. it's a sort of wilderness, so is this yeah. the new trend then? Is it we've got soda drinking sims and now we've got walking uh, well, sims? This is pretty old. Quite sims. the opposite. Yeah, quite the opposite. This is this is the beginning of the trend. Mm. Uh, Dear Esther was um, uh, the Chinese room, I yeah. think. Uh, they this is the game that kind of defined the whole walking sim idea. I'm not sure so if is, I'm not sure if there weren't ones before, but it's certainly one of the first popular ones. Yeah, it kind of popularized the whole thing and it's what like gone home and and everybody's gone to the rapture kind of uh, built upon mm-hmm. and it's it's what makes it different from earlier adventure games is that really all that you do and again with the concession that i haven't played that far into it but as far as i know all that you do really is you walk around and you listen to the narrative as, as it's told to you um, whereas compared to other adventure games where you go around and you do stuff, you sort of go around and you have stuff done to you, uh, or your speakers. <laughs> That's pretty much it. So, uh, it's a beautiful game though. Easy and it was good then. even then. Uh, good looking even then. Yeah. So easy trophies then. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Uh, probably, yeah. Um, yeah. So that is, uh, coming out. And if you're interested in checking out, you know, what was a 
rather popular start to this sort of walking sim idea, which I don't say in a pejorative sense. Um, definitely check it out. Just <laughs> keep in mind, I haven't played it either, but I don't know that it does live up to people's memories of it. Um, okay. I just, you know, they've built up on, they've built upon this idea in more recent games that I think this might feel a little dated. Um, but, you know, it, it could still very well be a fantastic game. <laughs> I'm sure it's still a good narrative if you, if you can yeah, handle sure the gameplay. The great. Yep. Yeah. The Bunker is um, an interesting one, isn't it? The, um, it's live action. It reminds me of the days of Mega CD games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Um, Making a comeback. <laughs> yeah, just a little. Um, you've got Doodle Kingdom, which is, um, if I remember correctly, somehow connected to Doodle Gods and oh, Doodle yeah. Devil or whatever. Um, those were puzzle games. Uh, I couldn't really find out if this was actually also a puzzle game. It made it sound like it wasn't. Um, okay. You guys have any idea? No. No, I'm, nope. really, okay. I'm really confused by this series. Why is this also yeah. now launching on PS4? Is, was it not before? Or is it another sequel? <laughs> yeah, I have. Is this have like no the idea. fifth game in the series there's, that nobody plays? There's, yeah, there's there's too many games. I don't I don't know anymore. Um, okay. This is also coming out on PS3 digital. Oh, okay. um, you've got uh, Jazz Punk Director's Cut, mm-hmm. um, which is sort of a funny comedic adventure game. If I remember correctly, I think this is the one that Jim Sterling's in. Okay. Um, there's uh, Last Fight, which is billed as a 2v2 3D fighter. Which is a lot I of like numbers. that combination of numbers. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, it wasn't entirely clear how that works out. I don't know if it's... I mean, it does sound like it's an actual fighter. It kind of reminds me of like a Power Stone or something like that. But oh, I, I don't... I, I wouldn't imagine that it's of that caliber or it necessarily even quite like that, so... I want to see, I want to see two v two three d vr pvp. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Just wait for it. Someone's got to make it. (laughs) Yeah, somebody will totally do it. Uh, You know, sometimes you get uh, game titles, and it's just like a whole bunch of numbers in the title. Uh, Like, yeah, uh, that should be the title. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that should be the title of the game. You have uh, slain back from hell, uh, which I think is an action adventure game. Okay. You've got uh, Toho Scarlet Curiosity, which is, oh. yeah, it looks like a very light and colorful um, female protagonist uh, JRPG type game. I'm surprised um, to see a Toho game on the console. I think this is quite, quite rare. Yeah, yeah, because I, I, maybe this is just in my mind, but I kind of lump it in with um, the Atelier series, the Alchemist. Okay. Oh, well, the Toho series is... Um, predominantly like bullet hell series oh is it but, um this it's basically a series that's so popular it's developed its own universe and then people make fan games that oh, are wow. in other genres because they love it so much it's it's a bit of a, a stranger yeah it, it, you always find passionate groups like that and you just you leave them alone for a little while and then you see what they've just dis- discovered or whatever and it's always yeah. kind of crazy um Virginia is coming out, uh, which seems to be like a first-person story game, perhaps a walking sim-style game. If, is um, it set but, in America? I believe so. Because um, oh, okay. if I remember, if I remember correctly, I think the 
main character is a fledgling FBI agent. Oh, it just um, became that, more interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, fledgling FBI agent investigating some kind of mysterious something or other in a small town somewhere. Ah. I don't know if Virginia, I don't know if Virginia is the place or the name of a person, mm. but <laughs> um, you've got Zenith, which is an action RPG game coming out. Uh looks pretty standard. Uh, and then Machinarium is also coming to PS4, which is the, you know, critically acclaimed yada yada uh, Vita. <laughs> oh, that was on PS3 first, right? Then I guess they got a Vita port, and now it's finally coming to PS4? I believe so, yeah. I see. Um, well, it is a good game. Short, but good. Uh, adventure game, right? Uh, sort I honestly, of I don't remember. kind of adventure I- I think I got it. I think it was on the Instant Game Collection for a mm-hmm. while, um, and I downloaded it, but I never had a chance to go back to. Ah, worth a look because also you'll see that it's quite short. So maybe just one yeah. uh, evening you don't feel like something else. One of those ones. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, at uh, retail for PS4, there's Tokyo Twilight Ghost Hunters Daybreak Special Gigs. Um, there is no punctuation in that, uh, so <laughs> that's actually how it's spelled. They really love there's, these long title names, don't they? It's getting ridiculous. I'm sorry? They really love these long title names, don't they? It's getting ridiculous. I, I feel like somebody has some kind of, takes some kind of perverse pleasure in it. <laughs> they, they just get a kick out of it. They think it's the funniest thing, whoever it happens to be. Um, so that's a, that's a PS4 retail, but it's also digitally on PS4, PS3, and Vita. Um, and I don't really know much about that game. <laughs> um You've got at uh, digital and retail. You've got Destiny the Collection, which is, I believe, the base game, um, the three previous expansions, mm-hmm. and Rise of Iron. But yeah. I wouldn't quote me on that. No, I'm, um, I'm pretty sure I can second that. It's like the two year collection. So does yeah, that mean hopefully it's done. <laughs> I was going to say, does that mean they're done with Destiny now? If they're releasing the collection, is that all the others, everything they've they've Sealed it off and finished, not going to do anything more to it now. Not really. I mean, they already did sort of a collection like this last year before the Taken King. Mm. And it had all, it was the base game plus the two DLCs leading up to the Taken King. So that way you could just, I don't know if it included the Taken King or whatever, um, but that way you were set to, you were set to go. So what was that This is essentially... They did a one called The Taken King on disc, which included The Taken King and the dis- the two DLCs before it. So the Destiny yeah. story is like, you pay £40, then you pay £40 for the initial DLC, well, around £40 for the initial DLC, then you pay £40 yeah. again for Taken King, then you pay £40 again. Well, I actually don't know the price of Rise of Iron. But now if you're yeah. buying this disc, you've got to pay £40. But it includes everything before. So uh, it's, it's, you know, I mean, it's great oh, for people yeah. who love to be in the game for ages. And, yeah. But, if man. you've... If- Played so if you played the game from the beginning and bought everything as it came out without a season pass, Destiny was sixty dollars, House of Wolves was twenty, Dark Below was twenty, Taken King was forty. Uh-huh. So you're up to uh one forty, I think. I think it was worse in the UK. I think Taken King was basically the price of the new game. I mean of the whole Jeez. game, basically. Yeah, they probably It was it certainly cheaper 40. to buy it on disc than to buy it i mean buy on disc with everything than just to buy a taking king on its own which is yeah disgraceful yeah right <laughs> and then uh rise of iron is 30 dollars, so you're looking about uh, 170 bucks if i did my math right yikes uh, yeah 
Is that like half of VR? (laughs) Uh, Almost, yeah, right? You can have Uh, one eye of VR. (laughs) So if you want to get the whole thing and just jump straight in, you can get the collection. Obviously, Rise of Iron just came out yesterday. um, So you can pick that up individually if you already have all the other stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. And then finally, on PS Vita Digital, you have Skylight Free Range 2 Gaustuin. Right. Yeah, all right. Hey, you said it was it was right, so no, I'm, gonna I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna go near saying that. <laughs> um, so that's gonna be uh, games coming out this week. We've also got PS Plus. We've got Journey, Lords of the Fallen, PS4, Prince of Persia: The Forgotten Sands, and Totoro on PS3. Hmm. Amnesia Memories for Vita and Badland on all three. Oh, a quick interruption about that. Uh, sure. Prince of Persia: Forgotten Sands. That's the PS3 version, the main version. But I think the PSP version, which is also playable on Vita, has a slightly hmm. different story because uh, it was basically made differently. Um, it's hmm. not just a downpour; it's slightly different. That's currently on sale for in, in the european um store it's currently on sale for less than two pounds i think uh i was hoping to pick it up with plus it obviously wouldn't have been crossed by i was hoping they'd maybe slip up and put it on but now it's on sale for less than two pounds i think i'm going to pick that up um just to see what's the difference in the story Mm -hmm. all right well i think that's pretty much it um why don't we catch up with what we've been playing Uh, have you been playing anything ace um, I've been going to my old PlayStation 3 games, of course, trying to finish up uh, multiplayer, so it's Max Payne 3, oh, uh, Need for Speed, Hot Pursuit, because you know what EA are like. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, Disney Infinities, of course, uh, as we've already mentioned in the podcast. Um, uh, before that was Need for Speed The Run as well, which, unfortunately, the autolog doesn't work on, so I've got an unobtainable. Oh, already? On that. Yeah. That's yeah. one of the newer ones. Well, it's the most recent one on PlayStation 3. They've mm. had two Need for Speeds on next-gen PS4, because they had okay. Rivals, and then they've had the, the newer, just Need for Speed, obviously. Right, yeah. Given up with the titles and come back. Uh, and they're working on the next one as well, I think. So, yeah, it's a bit of a shame. <laughs> it's a shame that the Hot Pursuit one still works fine, but, yeah, the one doesn't, but... Uh, uh, I've got a contact who might know some in EA. So I'm trying to see if I can find right. out what's going on. And Hot Pursuit is like three games older than my whatever yeah, which one you have. Yeah, that was going back a bit as well. Yeah, yeah. I missed out on a few, um, but I've been playing a lot of uh, Xbox as well. I've been trying to get the uh, Master Chief stuff done. So mm-hmm. what I've actively been doing. <laughs> Good luck with that. I heard someone mention <laughs> it's hundreds of hours, not just tens or one hundred, but several hundreds of hours. Which yeah. is crazy. <laughs> I mean, a lot of value for money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's four or five games uh, together, mm-hmm. isn't it? It's Halo 1 to 4, and then they added ODST. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's going to keep me busy for a little while. Though. Again, I'm kind of concentrating on the co op um, achievements and, and uh, multiplayer ones, get them done out of the way, like I do with PlayStation ones as well. Uh, what I haven't been playing on there recently that I also still have to do is driver. San Francisco, so that's going to mm-hmm. make its way into the PlayStation 3 at some point to get those multiplayer ones. Um, I mean, Rockstar, not quite so bad in multiplayer, but uh, when they do release an update to like, GTA Online, it seems to knock out every single multiplayer game when they release an update. I'm not quite sure 
Why? I hope they're not all running off the one server. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that would be quite efficient. I mean, have they kept up all of their servers for even the old games? Um, well, the ones I've played anyway. I mean, Max um, Payne is fairly old, right? Yeah, it's Max Payne. Uh, I've got... Um, How many games really have um, multiplayer components? I was going to say, I've got LA Nor, but there's no multiplayer. Player in that, oh, but that's connected to the online profile where you can view yeah, your yeah. stats and stuff. Yeah, so I presume that that goes down at the same time as well. Then, yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah, is Max Payne going down? Separate. No, well, they they released uh, it was got a big update a little while back, wasn't it, for <laughs> GTA Online, and it knocked out multiplayer. Oh, just temporarily. Or, yeah, I think it was like a day or two or something. Um, and then a little while. Was it a while before that or after that that they had just just an outage? It was just an outage, but it was like all the games. Mm. So again, it, there there seems to be a quite a close link between all of them. There seems to be like maybe like a single platform or something that they they all run the multiplayer's from. Or obviously they're all linked to the social club, aren't they? So I don't know yeah. if if that is quite a interconnected platform that. You can't multiplayer without it, which would be a bit, bit concerning, I suppose. Well, economies of scale, if they're doing it that way, um, I think that's quite a clever solution. Um, and I, I, pre- I would appreciate them keeping the old games up for longer, even if they do have uh, certain no-go times. Um, better yeah. that they're there at all and still working well. Oh, that's true, I suppose, yeah. Mm. What about you, Prince? Uh so I finished uh, ODST and Halo Wars. That's uh, done, nice. and I'm happy. Um, not going to waste any more time talking about those. But so I did get to come back to uh, PlayStation, as I promised I would. Um, yep. I saw a trailer for a certain uh, Dark Knight, and that just had me hooked. So episode two of the Batman Telltale series has just yep. released. Um, and I saw the trailer and I, so uh, the thing with this series is I wanted to wait. I wanted to say, you know, Telltale games always go on sale. You can buy, I can buy it later. I can save 10 (laughs) pounds. And, uh, you know, that's the logic half my brain going, yeah, yeah, it's totally solid. And, um, then here's the, the love half my brain going, but look at that. (laughs) Um, I can't even put it into words. So I saw it and I, I saw it for a fair price on the physical and I don't know if you, you're uh, familiar with the way that Telltale's been doing their season pass physical games, but they have one game, uh, one episode on the disc here and the rest are not, they don't give you a code for the season pass like some games. Um, yeah. They have the sort of rights tied into the disc. So you throw it in and, and you can download episode two and you can also resell the game for the full, obviously now used value. Uh, which means right. that I could, I thought to myself, the, the logical side had still things to say. It said, okay, if you must, you can buy this and then you can resell it if the digital goes on sale and then you can get a bit of best of both. But um, ultimately, I don't regret it for a second because I played episode one on the morning that episode two came out. And in fact, when yeah. I finished it, episode two wasn't available. I had to go pop out to the dentist. I came back and I downloaded it before I went, actually, and I came back and I just uh, played episode two in one sitting. I played episode one in the same sitting early that morning. Uh, it, sorry, in one sitting early that morning, and I love them both. Um, I'm obviously not 
in a position to give a rating for this game. I'm not in a position to write a review because I'm just too much enamored by it. But um, so far, I'm just really happy uh, with what's happening with this series. Good. Yeah, I ended up playing it too. <clears throat> I played the first one when it came out, so I'm I'm kind of keeping pace with them. Um, I'm about halfway through episode two, but okay, it is it is a fun. Um, it's interesting because it's departing from Batman lore a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, not not any drastic way. Like, you know, most of the characters are still the same characters, but they have had tweaks to their character or yeah. uh, a little more backstory that um, is abnormal from what you would expect. Um, and I'm, I'm actually liking all of that stuff. Uh, <laughs> Which is funny because it's usually one of those things like, well, I was one of those people that was just like, why the hell is Batman killing all of these people in um, Batman v Superman, you know? So um, for them to find a way to do this and get this, um, get people to approve of them messing with the lore a little bit like this, I think is kind of interesting. Um, And I could even see where um, some of the backstory stuff could actually creep its way into the comics maybe um not not a lot of it um some of the changes to like uh penguin and stuff like that i don't know that they're really gonna latch onto that stuff Mm. but you know i I could definitely see where it could be picked up by dc Mm -hmm. Um, i've also been playing pac-man uh championship edition 2 um which is pretty good um if you've played the first one or dx it's not as good as those. Um, it feels like they went a little bit too far and they added a little bit too much um, and not not in a good way. Not like, well, there's these different rules and stuff like that, but more so in um, they changed how you deal with ghosts in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can actually run into a ghost and nothing bad happens um, no. unless you bump into them like four or five times. They don't care. Um, <laughs> They bounce you backwards, and then after you hit them a few times, then they get pissed off, and they chase after you, and they can kill you. But um, until then, it's not really that much of a threat. Um, and then when you finally get uh, one of the power pellets, mm-hmm. and you go and you eat the uh, ghosts, um, they, they still form those chains like they did in the uh, first edition. Um, but the they... They can each form their own chains, and when you go to eat them, it breaks into like this cinematic view where it like pulls out, and Pac-Man goes and gobbles up this giant chain of ghosts in the sky, <laughs> and then it returns back down what to on earth? the puzzle. And it's like, why are you doing this? Why are you ripping control away from me? It's such a the that was what was so great about Pac-Man all along was. It's fairly simple. You can just get into it. You understand it. It moves well, you know, and they're ripping the control away from you, you know? Mm. Um, and I've, I've also had several instances where like, I'll eat a train of ghosts or whatever, and another one's coming behind them. And because I'm in the middle of animating and eating whatever the next set is, mm-hmm. um, it, the, the one behind it just goes right by me. Huh. I'm like, what, what the hell is that? <laughs> So, modern day some of the bugs in a, in a classic retro game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they they just they went a little bit too far and messed up 
like the simple finesse that was so great about the uh, previous game, but it's still a lot of fun. It still has a lot of the same uh, mechanics as the previous game. So if you like the first one, you'll probably enjoy this too, just not as much. Um, and then finally, I've been playing Rise of uh-huh. Iron, um, which so so far I've enjoyed. Um, this is one of the bigger updates. If you right? liked the team, yeah. Um, so they in the states they priced it at thirty dollars. Mm-hmm which sits between the first two expansions, which were only $20 each and the Taken King, which is $40. Okay. And I think that's kind of a pretty descriptive actually dollar amount um, because it is definitely a much higher quality, like with the Taken King and it's got more story elements mm-hmm. to it, but the gameplay itself hasn't changed drastically. So in that regard, it's maybe a, a little bit um, less of an experience because the Taken King, if you haven't played it, um, basically the Oryx, the big bad that came in the Taken King could corrupt various enemies. So you had the, all these enemies from the base game all of a sudden had uh new or different mm-hmm. abilities. And so basically it doubled like the number, the different types of enemies that you had, which was a pretty drastic change. Rise of Iron doesn't really do that. It like sort of tries to do it in a slight way where the enemies are a little bit different and they have slightly augmented abilities. Um, but it's only one subset of the enemies. And for the most part, you don't even realize that there's anything different from uh-huh. them, uh, from the original version. So, so far I haven't really seen anything too drastically different about the gameplay, but the story is much better. It's m- more on par with taking King or maybe even a little bit better. The cinematics are handled better and so forth. The story is better. So, I'd say the $30 point is pretty accurate comparatively, at least. Mm. I mean, still kind of a lot of money for an yeah. expansion, but. Well, you're already. You're hopefully. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah. But it's, it's so far, I have to say, you know, I've enjoyed what I played, and I think there are some small features that I could see them expanding with in some of the later content that I haven't played yet. So some of the strikes and, and definitely the raid. Um, so there's still some left to see and it, it could turn into something really interesting. But mm-hmm. right now, for the most part, I'd say that the gameplay is pretty much what you'd expect. Uh, nothing too mixed up about that. And the story is, is much, much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. I think I should say as a, as a game info team member, mm-hmm. I'd like to suggest that we also look at what have they been playing or the two trophies members. Mm-hmm. Um, looking on the the top popular trophies, it's obviously uh, Destiny, mm-hmm. um, the uh, Rise of Iron expansion pack, which actually we do, <laughs> well, the team uh, do need to fix a couple of the uh, trophy descriptions on right. there. Um, yeah, it, it automatically pulls in stuff, um, but then yeah, as I said, we have to fix or, or add some of those bits or set it. Um, especially like the secret ones and things as well. So we'll have to work on those. Um, second, of course, is, is Bioshock as well. Very popular um, mm-hmm. along there. Um, Lords of the Fallen, uh, NBA 2K17. Interesting. Um, yeah, that's the ones that are showing up in the moment that people are locking trophies for. So. Good stuff. Cool. Yeah, we should. Maybe add something like that in there. We we need to fit trophies into this a little bit more, I think. We are 
true trophies podcast after all <laughs> yeah we'll think about that you think about that let us know uh comments or twitter uh i'm at underscore brand foo right now i'm thinking of changing it to something but maybe not i don't know we'll see um you can always follow the site at uh true trophies um and we will probably be back next week with more news and things to discuss and maybe a slightly shorter podcast than this time. Cause I think at this point we're about oh. two hours. So, Oh, and ah. there it is. It just rolled over to two hours. <laughs> so uh, hopefully next week we'll be back. We'll be a little bit shorter maybe. Um, but until then, uh, bye-bye for now. Have fun. See you later. See ya.